0: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Learning about money under lockdown. Are you a parent working from home and simultaneously trying to homeschool your children? Well, you have our sympathies. But this week, we also hope to inspire you with some money-related activities to liven up the lockdown. On The Money Show this week, my colleague Lucy Warwick-Ching will share a wealth of ideas to covertly and overtly get your children interested in learning about money. And for those in need of some light relief, we will also be joined later by James Max, our Rich People's Problems columnist. He doesn't have young children to homeschool. At present, his biggest problem is keeping his house clean without the help of his regular cleaner. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, bringing you all of this week's money news. Millions of parents became temporary teachers overnight when the UK-wide lockdown came into force at the end of March and schools closed. As we wait to find out details this weekend of the government's plans to come out of lockdown, this could yet be a great opportunity to teach your children about money. I'm joined by my colleague Lucy Warwick-Ching, who has been writing all about this in the FT Money section this weekend. Well, welcome, Lucy. Hello. So, the first step... That you would advise any parent thinking about teaching children about money under lockdown is thinking about pocket money.
1: Yes. So, um, I mean, whether it's kind of 50p or, one, or five pounds a week, giving pocket money can really help your children to learn about budgeting as they start to make decisions about their own money. So it's no longer their parents' money and um, you know, them just demanding things they're able to actually start thinking about the money they have and what they want to spend it on. And there's only a finite amount of money that they have. So they're going to have to make decisions for themselves.
0: Now, something that parents might not be aware of, um, (laughs) ironically, seeing as we're all talking about cash um, use being um, less and less common under lockdown, um, is that there are apps that parents can control, but children can use with contactless cards um, attached to them. Children as, as young as five or six, in fact, can get one of these. And this can be a way of electronically giving them pocket money and also managing what they have to do to earn it.
1: Yes, exactly. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't have an extra two pounds in hard cash to give my children, then you can sign up to one of these apps. It's much easier nowadays. So there's like a um, the Go Henry. Well, there's Rooster Money, Osper, Gimme, Otley. There's a range of apps available, and then you can pay money virtually onto the, one of these apps, and then you can talk about how the money actually building up. So have a look and have some visual aids, and sit there with your children and see how their money is actually building up, and then you also have some control over that money then. So. It's not as though you're just handing over money and then they're going and spending it on what they want. So uh, that might appeal to some parents like me. (laughs) Well, yes, I was
0: going to say, it's a lovely picture of your children in the article this weekend with their marble jar. We'll talk about the marble jar in a minute. But just sticking with these apps, um, the great thing about them is that you can set chores, tasks around the home for your children to do um, to unlock a payment, um, and the most popular one, according to to Reaster Money, which has done a big poll, is getting your children to tidy their bedrooms. And the most popular thing that the children then go on to spend the money on um, are games like Fortnite and and Roblox.
1: Yeah, so the um, you know, there's lots more people in their houses making a mess, um, creating jobs to do, and obviously people are not having cleaners around at the moment. So this is a quite a win-win situation. So the children want to earn more money, then perhaps you could put them to use you know, emptying the dishwasher. My kids get involved in setting the table and they then they get a marble. So it's making it work for you. And um, kids are actually much more interested in, say, tidying up their bedroom if they have a financial reward for it, obviously.
0: Now, the, the currency of choice in the Warwick Ching household, as we have alluded to, is the marble. Now, this is a much more low tech way of linking rewards being earned. But tell us about how that works.
1: Well, it's good because it's simple and it's visual. So, you know, we'll say do something and then you'll get a marble. I mean, I may have to put a much more robust structure in place for rewarding marbles, but at the moment, get yourself dressed and then you'll get a marble. But at the moment, I'm imagining that lots of people up and down the country are having the same thing as soon as they get bored, my children say, mummy, can you order this off Amazon? And it's going crazy. <laughs> so now we're saying, look, fill up your marble jar, and then you might be able to, we'll talk about getting this thing that you've seen on a YouTube video. Or, so actually, they are understanding the value of things a lot more. And it takes a lot of work to fill up those marble jars. So I'm thinking that they will perhaps think twice about getting the thing that they wanted on a whim, say on a Monday, once they filled up their marble jar by the Saturday. And are you also
0: threatening, Lucy, to remove marbles from the marble jar in the event of bad behaviour?
1: Of course. And it's actually remarkable how well that works. So, yes, I mean, even just the threat of removing them tends to make my children who are six and four listen and think twice about what they were doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Well, I think this could well be one of the most useful episodes of the Money podcast ever recorded for some parents. Lots of other games, of course, that children can play. Monopoly being one that older children might quite like. But you can also gamify pretty much anything within the home. And one of your other suggestions is getting children more involved in the household budget things like food shopping and just noting down the price of things and what they cost.
1: Yes, in this current environment, it's maybe more about the kind of online shopping. But if you maybe give them, say, £10, you know, for older children that you say, right, well, you can be in control of, say, getting all the fruit that we need. And so get them thinking about, say, if they buy lots of bananas, then they might not have enough money to buy the pineapple they wanted. But it's just getting them thinking about the household budget. And perhaps you could even say, get them to find a better deal on utility bills. You know, lots of people are starting to think about how much money they spend on you know, energy bills and mobile phones. And if you've got older children, you might sit them down in front of a comparison site and say, can you save us some money? And then perhaps offer to share those savings with them. So that gives them an incentive to do their research. Another absolutely brilliant idea. Now, another thing that
0: families could do under lockdown is um, try and tackle some outstanding financial paperwork. Now, I've already been scouring our house under lockdown for various old documents, uh, looking for things to do. Tax return is the next one on my agenda. But Finding old savings accounts, particularly things to do with the child trust funds, which are coming of age for children who are about to reach their
1: eighteenth birthday, could actually be quite a profitable activity for families. Yes. I mean those things that people have on their to-do list and they're constantly thinking, you know, we need to sort this out. We are we getting the best returns for our junior writers? Should we switch out of a child trust fund? This may be the time to do it. But also to sit down and talk to your children about perhaps the money in their junior ISA and kind of explain to them how this has been building up and perhaps talk to them about what they might want to do with that money. So, you know, you may set it aside for university, but just show them how it's been building up and then they might start to get interested in what that money is doing. And also if you've got an investment, so an equity junior ISA, maybe talk to them about what you've been putting the money into and ask them what they're interested in and what companies they might think are doing particularly well under lockdown. So Amazon's been seeing its price go up. So talk to them about that and make it really kind of hands on and, and relevant to them because children really respond to things that they can relate to. So as you were saying about the games, make it as interesting as possible and then they might want to be involved in it. And we're doing a
0: family zoom quiz later on, because it's one of our friends children's turning 16 under lockdown, a bit of a rubbish time to have a birthday. But we've all come up with a round for the quiz. And because he's interested in starting his own business, I've come up with a business and finance round, um, of course. And one of the things I've done is to get people to guess what company share price has risen the most under lockdown. Is it Amazon? Is it Netflix? And equally, which company share price has fallen the furthest? You know, we've looked at IAG, the parent company of British Airways, Ryanair, um, and also Shell and BP. So it will be interesting to see what they will guess. But equally, um, it's just like another way of getting children involved, because they really are very interested in money. It's just about finding the key to unlock it for them.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great idea. And um, I'll be suggesting that to friends of mine with uh, older children that are asking me about how they can teach their kids about money.
0: Yes. Well, I've got to go through and work out all the percentages later on when markets close on my calculator, which uh, <laughs> could be a- another great um, maths tip. Well, thanks ever so much there to Lucy Watching. You can read her splendiferous feature, Teaching Your Children About Money Under Lockdown. It's in the FT Money section of the FT Weekend newspaper this Saturday. Or if you're an online subscriber, you can read it now. Hour via ft.com/slash money. And a heads up for next week: we've got a column coming in from Bobby Seagull, our maths genius. He's going to be writing about National Numeracy Day, which takes place next Wednesday, and he'll be joining me on the Money Show podcast to talk about ways that adults and children can boost their numeracy skills. Our second guest today has a rather different set of problems under lockdown, namely trying to keep his house clean without professional help. I speak, of course, of James Max, our Rich People's Problems columnist, and he
2: joins me now
0: over the line. Welcome to the podcast, James. Well, thank you very
2: much in our new way of working in which we all save ourselves loads of time and stop all the messing about.
0: (laughs) Well, yes, but you have been creating quite a lot of mess inside your homestead.
2: (laughs) There's no denying that when you are used to living your life in a certain way, and dare I say, having people pick up for you, (laughs) And then suddenly they're not picking up for you. You realise what a terrible mess you make. And if you're in your house all the time, which I suppose we all are, what a lot of mess we make. Never knew things got so dusty. Well, you've also got two dogs, which is kind of adding to the problems. Uh, This is true. Um, The thing is about the dogs is that we actually restrict them in terms of where they can go in the house on the basis that I think even before the other half or other third or however you like to refer to them, uh, used to get very upset about the fact that I wasn't really particularly bothered about my dog sleeping on a bed. And I think when said dog had head on pillow, and it wasn't my pillow. That was the end. <laughs> so they are restricted in their house movements, but still, the amount of stuff they bring in—most of the beach, or outside, or anything else—and things that they wear—and the um, kitchen has turned into a sandpit.
0: Oh well, yes, no, I should say for anyone thinking are you in Barbados, you're actually in Frinton on Sea.
2: Well, indeed. I, although it is the new Barbados, obviously, because uh, the sun has been shining, <laughs> you know, it wasn't the weather at all like this, except in lockdown. Um, but yes, no, it's on the North Essex coast.
0: Now, one of the reasons that we've got away, frankly, with getting this into the personal finance section um, of the FT is because lots of people, me included, um, are still paying our cleaners under lockdown, even though they can't come. I think it's the the fair and right thing to do. And we're having to do the cleaning ourselves. Now, I've only recently acquired um, a cleaner in the last few years, but you claim in your column, ahem, to have probably never taken the bin out for
2: yourself since you were a child, James Max. (laughs) Well, sometimes there's a little bit of artistic license in these things. Obviously, thing is, I'll admit to you, I'm a little bit more domesticated than you might imagine. That having been said, I try and avoid doing domestic chores that I don't like. I enjoy the wiping and cleaning of a surface. I don't particularly enjoy vacuuming and things. I don't mind it. I'll do it. Bins out. I hate doing the blooming bins, but I have to do that. And um, cleaning showers and bathrooms is okay, and bogs is okay. Ironing and changing sheets are a no. (laughs)
0: An outright note. Well, in fact, um, you had a bit of a battle with a king-size duvet cover, as you relay in your column.
2: Well, yes, and I'm very pleased that I seem to have been sent some very extensive advice, uh, particularly via the emails, uh, from one or two listeners who are concerned that I don't seem to have a technique for this. Uh, But you see, for me, the only way to do it is clambering in. Uh, because there's nothing worse than a duvet that hasn't quite reached the corner of, of the bit of duvet. And if you've got a Super King duvet, which I do, and a Super King duvet cover, which I also do, getting the right bits and the right holes and the right thing it's a terrible shambles. And I always end up in a bit of a sweaty mess by the time I finish. So I try and avoid it.
0: Well, I've I've had to um, modify um, our duvet changing approach by writing bottom in uh, marker pen on the bottom of the duvet, because anyone with a Super King size duvet will know that they're pretty much a square. Um, so it's very hard for the novice to, to work out which bit goes where without having like a kind of baggy bit uh, falling over the side.
2: And nobody likes baggy bits.
0: <laughs> they don't. But on the subject of hoovers, um, or vacuum cleaners, should I say, you mentioned that you'd cause more of a mess emptying your Dyson Hoover and had to then Hoover it all up again, and this has prompted all kinds of freezers to have a debate online about
2: what's the best Hoover. Well, exactly. I love the fact that we call them Hoovers, even though, of course, since the Hoover debacle when they tried to give away airline tickets—sorry, what's an airline? Uh, since they tried to give away airline tickets and almost went bust, that then suddenly we started to use a different thing, and it became Dysoning. But Dysoning doesn't sound so much fun, anyway. So uh, Dyson was the the must-have, I suppose, vacuum cleaner because of its, you know, strong suction. And and all that sort of stuff. And then people on online, and I've had many comments uh, on uh, on the comment section saying, look, that's all very well. Dyson is is a hi- historic flush. You need to go for something called a shark.
0: Yeah, my friends attest um, that sharks are brilliant. I've got a Henry, personally. Um, I find them quite jolly. I do have a Henry
2: as well for an emergency.
0: <laughs> I love it that you have more than one um, for, for different tasks. But in your column, you also have been writing about the other pursuits um, that the wealthy normally pursue, namely eating in restaurants, um, going out to wine bars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you can't do that anymore. But you've been coming up with some novel workarounds of ways that you can still enjoy yourself under lockdown that listeners may wish to emulate.
2: Oh, absolutely! So what we've done is that uh, we don't call Friday Friday anymore. It's Meet for the Neighbours for a Drink Online Day, and so we'll do a sort of catch up because although you know we might. Catch up, you know, shouting at each other across the road or waving at each other during the week. Of course, we're not able to do the social stuff that we might normally do. So we'll sit down at whether it's six or half past six. We'll all have different bottles of things and uh, some snacks and bits and pieces and we'll catch up. But then during the course of that, we'll then come up with other ideas of things that we're doing. So, for example, looking ahead, uh, we're going to be doing a specially themed uh, VE Day quiz. Uh, to make sure that we can do that. But we've been having online quizzes, we've had online bingo, uh, where we've even had prizes. So I don't know whether this breaks the rules, but we got some prizes and wrapped them up and put them on the neighbour's doorstep, probably left them for a couple of days to remove any uh, coronas off them, and then had some bingo cards that I printed off Tinternet. And uh, I have a bingo randomizer app, that then allows me to draw the numbers and a list of numbers in front of me, laminated. And off we go. And my goodness me, it's been very competitive.
0: (laughs) Well, I can quite imagine. Now, we're going to break off now because you're going to do a live Q&A with FT readers um, on the FT.com website. If you want to read that, we'll put the results of readers quizzing James Max um, about his domestic habits on our money homepage, FT.com. That sounds all
2: wrong. (laughs)
0: Um, ft.com slash money if you want to catch up after the event but also if you want to email James um, about a problem that you're having that you'd like him to look into for his next column um, tell us your email address James
2: it is rich people's problems at ft.com
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much there to James. Now, while I'm on, the FT wants to hear your views about The Money Show. And if you tell us, you could win a pair of Bose headphones. I'm told it's Bose, not Bosey, by the way. By going, <laughs> Thank you, James. I'm glad you're still online. Um, if you want to tell us your views, if you go to the ft.com website, ft.com slash money show survey, you'll be asked a few simple questions and entered into the drawer. And another freebie, there's currently 30 days free access to the FT's coronavirus business update, which is a level-headed expert email briefing on how the pandemic is affecting global markets, businesses and workplaces. If you want to sign up for that offer, visit ft.com slash money show COVID to sign up. If you want to get in touch with our team, you can email us on our usual address, money at ft.com, and follow us on Twitter for the latest news updates. Our handle is at ftmoney. The Money Show podcast was produced in London by Lucy Warwick-Ching and edited by Fiona Simon. We will be back next week at the usual time.
1: Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence.
2: Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo.